Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Grev and I'm joined by Jace on our next episode of the Rip Roar Reds podcast. Uh, how are you doing on this fine Sunday evening, Jace? Ah, oh, uh, tired, a little hanging. Oh, had a had a had a little bit of a boozy Saturday night. <laughs> tell us, God, I've, I've I've heard it, but for the listeners, uh, tell them tell them why and what's the reasoning for your for your banging headache. Oh, uh, my friend has a ha- uh, always has a Halloween party. It's like the only time I really majorly drink. Um, and uh, my wife dressed up as Barbie, so I I dressed up as Ken, and I got absolutely smashed. <laughs> Nice and and uh, yeah yeah now I'm uh, paying for my sins. It so, shows yeah. the, the 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 delta between us, Jay. So while you're out partying and drinking, I'm out taking my kids bowling. Um, it's not quite rock and roll for me anymore. I'm actually quite disappointed. Where where'd you go? Where, you you went bowling? You went yeah, bowling went last to, night. Uh, no, I went to bowling oh. uh, today, and we went to okay. Nando's for lunch as well. So you know, rock and roll. Oh, I'd love an Nando's right now. Oh, I had a, what did I have? I had thighs, four thighs, medium. It's all about the medium size. You know, we already had this discussion about thighs, but this isn't a podcast about Nando's, so we'll, we'll do it for another. <laughs> Save day. that for another time, <laughs> right? Well, let's uh, let's get into it then. We obviously uh, are coming off the back of a huge, huge Arsenal win, thrashing Sheffield United five 0 at the Emirates. So let me whack that intro music on, and then we'll get straight into it. Saka. Right. Now that's out of the way. We're going to start this episode like we start every single episode. I go straight over to Jace first. He gets the pleasure of giving us his rip roaring review. So tell me, Jace, where are you headed? Uh, just what the doctor ordered, just what we needed, uh, a good smashing of, a, of, a, of, a, of, a, of an opponent, um, plenty of goals, a clean sheet, good momentum, um, just, uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk about the performance in more detail and, and the quality of the opposition, but just happy for us to get a really good win behind us and, um, Hopefully gives us some men- momentum for a couple of the games we've got going and coming, you know, West Ham in, in, in the League Cup and Newcastle away next week. Newcastle are literally quite the force that they were last year. So, yep, just really happy with the performance. Good minutes in the legs, good goals, especially for Eddie, and we'll talk about his performance. So, yeah, I'm just a happy man after that. That's, That's a very uh, chipper, chipper rip roar review from you, Jason. <laughs> Well, there's no point. I, didn't, I don't know. Sometimes I'm a little bit down. So start if, you can't, if you can't be happy with five nil, right? What can yeah. you be happy with? So well, all right, all right, all right. I wanted six. <laughs> Only because so uh, for, for everyone just be aware, I predicted five nil, and I said why not? Uh, and there you have it. I think it's probably the first one I've got right in a long time. I don't know yeah. why I thought we were going to, but obviously Sheffield United are pretty uh, dog. Uh, but yeah, still five nil. Can't complain. No, nah, I can't complain with that. Mm. Okay. 
what's your review? <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go off the other way. Um, only to, uh, the two things I want to pick up on. It's obviously looking at some of the other results. It kind of puts into focus and into question how we dropped some of the points against the teams that we did. Um, obviously, drawing against Chelsea and the way that we started that match compared to this match as a mirror kind of image is, is so disappointing. And then to see them get spanked by Brentford at home, the fact that, and absolutely comical that Sanchez goes up for a corner in the, like the 92nd minute to then get absolutely trounced and then scored a, a goal at the opposite end. Just it's, it's, it's great. I love it, obviously, because I don't like Chelsea and it's lovely to see them get beat. But it kind of just brings into focus the fact that we threw away points against them. Um, I think Fulham drew today and obviously we drew with Fulham and they're, they're drawing with teams much lesser than us. It really just kind of annoys me and frustrates me a little bit that we did drop points, but we're still unbeaten. You know, that's still fantastic and still um, we're in a really good position in the league. But that, that brings me on to my second point is mm. when do we start worrying about Spurs? When when do we really, because everyone that I listen to, everyone that I speak to, everyone that I read about, they all tell me the same thing. They all say the wheels are going to come off. They're Spursy. They're going to bottle it. They're going to do what we all think and know they're going to do. But at what point do we actually start to question that? And someone on the radio today, I was listening to the Five Live. Leicester did. Leicester did this every week. People would question Leicester winning that league, and every week they would go on and keep getting points on the board. And eventually, we were the only ones that were close and weren't even that close to them. They ran away mm. with it towards the end. Could Spurs do it? Question, go on, James. I, I mean, I don't have it. I think I've raised similar concerns. I don't have an answer for you here, mate. I mean, you just got to pray and hope that they lose a game. And and it's not like I wouldn't say that they're playing. Um, like, uh, if we look at how we started last season, mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't say they're playing the way we were playing last season. If that make does that make sense? No, of course uh, it is, but th- this is th- that's the problem because neither we haven't really hit third third gear yet, to be honest, and neither have Man City, I don't think. Neither have Spurs, so it feels like they still got levels to go. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. I see, I see, I see what you're saying. Um, just, just we don't need to worry about Spurs, All right? We just need to focus on ourselves. That's that's the way I'm looking at this. Like we know, Ange is a is a good manager, and he's a nice human, and he's a Spurs manager we kind of like, which is a little annoying. But um, let's just just have faith in us, and 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 us. we can't control them. All we can do is beat them when we go away in what April. So yeah, yeah, that's that's okay. all we can, that's all we can do. That's yeah, it. I felt like I touched a nerve, Chase. I felt like uh, no, I really... really. <laughs> I, I, I'm so unplugged I, I, about it. I'm just... We, you know, if I... If I said to you, I don't know, I'll make up a hypothetical scenario. My point is, put your adult head on. You can control... We can control our own destiny. We can't control theirs. We can't worry about them. We, we can't. To be honest, if I'm worried about anyone, I'm probably more worried about... City and Liverpool, if I'm honest. Liverpool, I, I, Liverpool are, as sleepers, I, I do think I agree with you. Liverpool are certainly hitting the same strides that uh, Spalacci, I think is how you pronounce it. I could probably butchered it and got it completely wrong, but he looks like an absolutely uh, meal in midfield. So, yeah, I'd be more worried about them. I agree with you there. Yeah, I mean, I, I so 
uh, we're at 24 points now, 10 games played. So that's 2.4 points a game. Um, if you now we have we have done the the like this is Spurs' first time, right? In in this position. Yeah. Last season you could argue it was our first time for a, 20 years in a, in a, in a, in, a, in a title race. Well maybe not 2014 we were close and 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 uh, and and pre 2007. But this was um this was the first time Spurs have been in this in this place for a while. So I was just doing some some maths here, right? Because we are averaging two ten games played, twenty four points, two point four points a game. So three times times two point four times by uh, thirty eight games in a season, we're on course for a ninety one point season. Um, you know, it's not the wheels will fall off Spurs. I think it's more that it's fatigue. It's it's mental uh, application to the how you how you play consistently yep. and 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 stay on. Think about the year before our, our our season last season. We went to Newcastle. We went to Spurs. We lost at home to Brighton. We we messed the Champions League up. Right? Remember the game? It was on the Amazon documentary. That was yep. all about Naus experience. We and then last year we went we we let win a step forward. This year we feels a bit slower, a little bit more um, not full gas. But maybe that's because it you know it gets to the latter part of the season. We need it's that energy. We need to not a sprint. Exactly. We're learning lessons. We're just learning lessons. We're on who would have, who would have 19... thought my my written review would inspire such uh, debate, Chase? Yeah, we're on course for a ninety-point season. Is it is it enough? That's the question. I'm not. I don't want to go into it now. But like we've seen, you know, Liverpool got almost close. City have done the Centurions. It's possible that even that, by today's standards, is not quite enough. I think we'll invest in Jan. I think we'll invest in January to get it over a line, one hundred percent. Well, on that note, Jace, because there's been a lot of talk about buying a striker in January. So why don't we go over to the elephant in the room? Uh, mm-hmm. Your defense is in trouble in Ketia in the room. Uh, hat trick for our Haylander who uh, dedicated the match ball to his mum. Uh, another uh, star boy in the making, perhaps. Uh, I love the fact that these Haylanders are so uh, down to earth and so humble and so, yeah. uh, it's such nice characters to have in the squad. But tell me, um, this was an all round uh, striker's performance, Jace. Is there. Anything in particular that stood out to you from Eddie? Any of the goals that particularly stood out to you, or is it something about his all-round performance that really, you know, did the job today? Well, we've been critical of him in regards to being. I, I want to talk about all his goals, but you need to talk some goals. Talk about some goals as well. So I, I don't. Just... You can take the goals if you want, Jess, because I, I have got a point. I, something separate to the goals I do want to talk about. So go on, take the goals. All good. Well, like we we've. Two, the, the first two goals, exactly what you expect from Eddie and Katia. It's what we knew he can do. You give him the ball in the box and he's going to finish. He's a poacher, especially the second one. You know, basically the loose ball, just getting behind it and smashing it. Like, he, that's a classic poacher goal. Um, the the first goal uh, was interesting ball from Declan. I'm not sure if it was meant to quite go to Eddie, but either way, 
it was the ability to control that ball, make that turn across the defender, um, put himself in a really good position. And then I love the way he took the finish, actually, for the first goal, because I think your instinct when you're in the position he was in was probably to go far right, but he put it far left. He put it in left. I think he, he probably well, Burkham, the eyes. Burkham-esque, that, that touch and that turn, to be honest, very reminiscent of his goals. Yeah, really nice finish. And... Um, we come to expect that kind of performance from Eddie. And um, actually, when Eddie does play at the Emirates, usually when it's a lower ten, lower table team, someone in the bottom ten, we tend to kind of get that performance from him. To be honest, like he always gets goals. Um, the one that was most impressive was the shot from outside the box one because it was an absolute banger. Um, and but but free it kind of came out of nowhere it's just not we've we have been critical of him not taking chances and only being able to play a certain type of way as a striker um so i was really happy to kind of see that i'm not sure maybe arteta was because i don't think he encourages that kind of uh um football basically um he he likes his shots with inside the uh with inside the box but um I was really happy to see it. It was a great finish. I think it it got me out of. I, I think I I pinged you straight away, and I think you've probably not seen the goal. <laughs> you were watching whatever you were watching was slower feed than mine. Um, I was like, because that I was just yeah, it got me out of my seat. I was um I was very very excited when I saw that go in. So all in all, like perfect strikers performance in regards of goal return ratios. A hat trick is what you want. Three different kinds of goals as well. One required quite technical control, great finish, you have to keep the eyes. One is a snatch and grab job, and the other is a, a piece of pure brilliance from outside the box. So, yeah, um, really happy with that performance. Uh, and yeah, I, I, he, he has some amazing all round play as well, but you know, tell me about it. Talk to me about his all round play and his, his performance overall. Seems like you've got a few things to add to it. Uh, maybe, maybe not, not that's it. I will touch upon it. Obviously, like I say, it felt today this was a performance, like you say, that we we kind of expect. And that's kind of where I was going to go. Me and you have talked on previous pods about knowing what to expect and knowing what to get from Eddie and Ketia. And this is the type of game that you would expect him um, to score in. This is why I kind of kick myself a little bit in fantasy football as making a transfer for a striker, uh, of which Eddie Nketiah is in that price bracket and could have easily come in. And I should have read the signs because, like you say, lower lower table opposition. Eddie uh, Jesus is injured, so he's definitely going to play. It seems mental for me to miss uh, something so obvious. But I look, look on it now and I kind of think, this is what I expect Eddie to do. So... I don't think there's anything to say, oh, it's amazing or it's terrible. This is where I'm my head's at. It still doesn't really solve any of the underlining problems that I think we have in our number nine position. This is not to take away from the fact that obviously he just scored a Premier League hat trick, but his general rate of uh, scoring is like one every five games, mm. generally speaking. I think his rate's like 0. 0.2 or something like that. So it's about one, one in five. Um, it's significantly lower than uh, Jesus um, and it's I just don't expect it you know if he was to pull this performance out of the bag against uh, uh, Chelsea and Newcastle I mean he's going to get the opportunity next week against some tougher opposition um, mm-hmm. so let's let's see I'm going to kind of rest on my laurels a little bit until such a time when he's proved me otherwise but 
I still kind of accept that it's still going to be a lot of uh, slander towards Eddie Nketiah because this is just bread and butter to him. And we've still not seen it externally to that. That's that's where I'm going. Not, not I, I really don't want to take away from the performance in general because it was all round very, very good. And the goals were fantastic. The touch was really good, like that first goal, particularly, like I say, Burkamp, Perez kind of esque with the touch, really smooth. Um, and he did chase down a lot. He did kind of push a lot. He got the captain's armband for a little bit as well and kind of led the line um, a little bit too. But yeah, I just, I just kind of, I, I knew it was, I, I knew it was going to happen. I suppose is where I'm going. So, and I don't disagree with those those comments. Like I think we we can only critique what we saw in front of us yesterday. I think you can only play against the opposition put in front of you and. We know we're going to get a good performance if we play him against Sheffield United. I think we'll come on to talk about that uh, a little bit more, right? I have a car question around, were we better or is it just that Sheffield United are that bad? So um, I think you can, I, I agree. I have nothing more to add to it. Uh, and, and and we need to see Eddie turn it on against Newcastle. Do, do you think, because I, I did have a question to kind of say that we, we've, Arteta does seem to have quite a lot of faith in, in Eddie Nketiah because he does seem to start uh, quite a few games. We've seen more recently before Jesus' injury that he was mm-hmm. sitting out on the wing instead of uh, through the middle and Eddie was starting. Yeah. So he does seem to have a lot of faith in him. Yet when when Jesus plays and is fit and does go through the middle and then bangs, it is, his faith starts to waver a little bit. And this is what I say, like, it's great for Eddie here because he's obviously taken the opportunity that's in front of him and playing the opposition that's in front of him. But it seems yeah. very rare that when he's been given a starting berth, when Jesus is fit, he doesn't seem to do it as much. That's Maybe I'm reading too much into that and I don't have any statistical analysis to back that up, but that's more of a, a feeling. You know what I mean? Like we sometimes say it with um, Trossard. Trossard's the same. Starts a game, goes completely missing. Fabio Vieira, another one. Starts games, goes missing. Bring him on as a sub, unreal. Yeah. Starts crazy assisting and goals all over the joint. That's the impression I get a little bit with Eddie. It's like, you know, the games that you kind of really want him to turn up to and be part of, he's not. And the games you just kind of, you, you, you know, you're going you're gonna to get it and you do get it. That's what's disappointing to me. Yeah. So... That's glass glass half full is let's just see if he turns it on against Newcastle and he's got some momentum going into that game, right? Let's right. not worry about West Ham midweek. Let's just yeah, see true. what happens next week. Away at St. James's Park's a hard place to go. Yep. So uh Jason's gonna be there ready and waiting to feed me some humble pie uh when his Eddie and Ketty's second hat trick uh bangs in against uh, Newcastle. <laughs> well, you know, if that happens, I will be, um, yeah, yeah, I will give you a humble pie. Yeah, we're both going to be happy either way you look at it. Yeah, um, I'm not going to complain. <laughs> <laughs> right, so that's uh, that's enough about Eddie and Ketia then. So uh, I, I called this section uh, substitutional awareness um, for kind of the situational awareness, but a little bit of both in this part. I wanted to talk a little bit about, firstly, the changes. We obviously went into this game with quite a few changes compared to the starting 11 versus Chelsea. And then yeah. obviously we also made some substitutes again in this game, which I think Arteta is getting really, really good at rotation and substitutes. Mm. And I wondered if you're feeling the same, Jace. Yeah, completely not to continue to agree with you make this podcast uh, 
a boring one, but uh, bring it all on. Just lord, lord, everything lord over me, Jace. Just agree with everything I say. Give me no, a it, I think, I think, <laughs> I think it's just um, it's becoming quite clear, right? Like his the thing about Arteta's subject. If we, I want to talk about substitutions here, not necessarily. We always talk about start line, but just to focus on the subs for a bit. The 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 situational awareness of a game and the ability to make subs that are visually and uh, literally, uh, two two words there, visually because it's what you see from your eye with the players on the ball. Uh, I talk about Fabio a lot coming on and, and, and visually taking taking the game to the, to the opposition and you see him carrying the ball and you see that bit of urgency. Um, and then also, then there's the literal sense, which is, Trossard, Trossard comes on, he scores. And, and like, it's like, okay, well, we get the draw or we get the win or we get that goal that we need. Um, so for me, uh, yeah, I mean, he's he's making the right calls at the right time. And we've not, as we've, as we mentioned, we've not been making uh, the kind of starts we were last season. We've been going having to wait later into games to see the impact that we make on the game and and it, it is a little bit more nervy for us but we're seeing us most of the time get the results or if it's a poor performance get some kind of result uh which is not a defeat and that's genuinely a lot of the times because of the subs that he's making um it's a long very long-winded way of just saying yeah subs are good <laughs> But yeah, um, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm really happy with kind of what he's doing there. Um, I mean, which what what subs yesterday were you happy with? What subs stuck out yesterday that you were like, yeah, that was the right call? Um, I suppose like Tommy Asu again coming on, I think is just. And you always just kind of expect him now to probably fill in that Zinchenko role, and he didn't. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. He just kind of came in and went, uh, took on Ben White, and it was really odd because I, I granted, I, I believe that Ben White deserves a rest because he's played. That's saying he's a rest. Game. I'm trying yeah. to think. Has he played every game? He might have. Uh, he's played all um, 14 or 15 games, bar the starting lineup in the Champions League away to Lons. Um, where he came on because uh, we, we were all yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think that one particularly, in, in terms of just like, as I kind of started, I think you said it earlier on in the pod as well, learning from mistakes, like Arteta got burnt a lot last season. I think the part of the reason why we weren't able to finish the job in terms of the league was fatigue, um, was injuries, was overplaying players and driving them into the ground. I mean, we have seen it a little bit this season already with Bukayo Saka, and thank God Bukayo Saka was taken off uh, earlier than usual, um, which Ooh. was good to see um, and mm-hmm. just kind of nice. Although he's obviously not hitting maybe the lofty heights of last season, um, you can still see flashes of brilliance in his play. You can still see he contributes and kind of offers a lot for for us. And so... Yeah, for me, that's the biggest thing. Arteta is certainly becoming much more astute. Uh, I think you said it, like situationally aware of everything that's going on around him and kind of knows yeah. when and where to make the changes. I think the the changes in the starting eleven for this game in particular, we think we said it on um, when we were talking in the parking lot on the last pod, we were talking about this is the game 
right? Where Erdegaard gets dropped and mm-hmm. Emil Smith Rowe comes in and, and he, he, he did exactly that. Um, yep. I was, was going to, because I know you're a, you're a big fan of, of Emil and I'm, I'm sure the crowd were as oh, well, yeah. getting to bring out the song because uh, it hasn't been able to be played for a long, long time. Uh, what did you think of his performance in general across this game? Um, I, I'm not going to say it blew me out of the water, um, but he was... It was a perfectly adequate performance against that opposition. Um, Would you say it's better in, than Edgar's been like in the last few games? Yeah, but I also want to. Yes, I would. Um, but the, the but <laughs> is that it's Sheffield United who've got mm. one point out of ten games and are possibly going to be. We're going into another topic because we want to talk about the just overall performance of us and, and the opposition. But yeah, yeah uh, much more creative. Uh, some lovely uh, interconnections with with both sides of the pitch. Actually, on, on, when he, he I saw him on both sides of the pitch in that kind of let's call it the the eight or the eight position, um, making those connections with with either Martinelli or Saka. Uh, Trossard when he came on. Um, yeah, I was just really happy with the performance. As I said, I didn't blow my mind. Like, it's not the Emil Smith Royal row that we're used to. Like, for me, that's I'm missing that. But I don't know if we're going to get that kind of performance again because that's when he used to play on the left wing. Or he, and he used to be always coming in on the end of balls in the box and, 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 and like, you know, hitting, hitting, like, you know, amazing goals against Spurs. And I just don't think. The team's not set up like that anymore. We don't have Pierre and Rick Bamiang up front and Saka on the wing, and, and we'll, we'll just play a different type of of game. And so I don't think we're going to see that kind of Emil Smith Rowe. But I was happy with his performance. Um, it's good minutes in his legs. I want him to keep his position for West Ham. I want to see the same again, and I want him to build a little bit of momentum, and maybe he can challenge because. I think there's a place in the team up for grabs. I genuinely do. If you think that Party isn't going to play again, I don't think. Like he might get a few minutes here and there, but I think he might go um, possibly in in the January window. Well, there was talk about um, selling him in the summer originally, right? He just never really, I think, met the asking price that we kind of hoped or expected. Yeah, and we're going to have to buy a replacement, right? Because Jorginho isn't enough to get us through. I was really uh, we've got El Nenny. Uh, well, I was actually going to. I was going to say something. If you can't give El Nenny 15, 20, 25 minutes against Sheffield United at home, you're bottom of the league. What's he doing here? Because mm. he did. came on and he came on the no, he came on the 89th minute or the 90th minute. And if mm. that hadn't put, if they hadn't put 10 minutes up on the sub on on the board. He'd only been playing a few minutes. And that, that was the one sub for me that was slightly disappointing. I was like, I'd have given him 30 minutes, genuinely. Like, if we if we can't trust him to come on um, in that kind of game, he's just taking up a position in the squad that we needs to be better delegated. Um, mm-hmm. we, we, we carried Rob for a number of years. 
and I think he was really good for the squad. And maybe that's the same thing with, with Mo is that he is, and, and maybe we we have he's to, well liked, well loved, well respected. Yeah. All the El Neni FC stuff. I think he does. Like I think I said to you before, I suspect he would perform some form of coaching role or something, backroom staff at the at the club. Yeah, I I, I think so too. Um, but from a playing staff perspective, he's taking someone's position. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the moment, we've got Declan Rice, Jorginho. I'm still not sold on Jorginho. Not not as like if Declan Rice gets injured, it's my worst fear right now. Well, this so is why scared. I don't think you can sell party. I, I I know where you're going with it. I just can't. And I know he's not fit enough to play 38 games. But at the same time, the drop-off between Declan to party is still there, but significantly less than, than Declan to George or Declan to Mo. Yeah. I mean, even then, Zinni could play there, but would you really like... I don't. We've never actually done that, I don't think, ever. And we won't until Timber's back either. No, so, and that's going to be February, March, right? So I just, you know, that's what I'm saying. I can't see us changing that that up a lot at this earlier in the season. Yeah, no. But this is the thing. I think we're, we're, we could be one injury away from a tough, tough position. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Habits uh, started as well. So this is because I wanted to talk a little bit about because I. And you've said it already a couple of times. This is Sheffield United. One point in the league. Worst team in the league. And actually, probably the worst. If they carry on in this vein, they're going to be the worst Premier League team of all season. We're going to talk a little bit about that in a minute. If Havertz can't do it here, you just said it about Moel Nenny. Where's he going to do it? And this is my... This is the kind of game where I, I expect him. And I, actually, I did have a feeling that he could have played as the nine. Obviously, it didn't materialise. I, I, I truly believe that the position he's finding himself in at the moment is not his, his the position he wants or the position that he finds the most comfortable and the one that is going to give him the most output. Interesting you say that. I, 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 I quite liked his performance. But what? Again, I, 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 tell me what. Tell me what your lights about. Go on. I, I was just some balls I saw. He he was seeing holes. He was he had the he had a bit more vision about his play. He wasn't. He's not Odegaard, right? He doesn't have the skill, the ball at his feet technically, but he can find a pass and he he, he his his commitment challenges winning balls. He's a good midfielder, and the only thing he was missing yesterday was a goal. I did. Feel, I think everyone wanted him to get a goal. That was the only thing he was missing. I, I think it was an adequate and good performance from him. So, I mean, yeah, I get your point, but he's not there to replace Odegaard. So, and he's not there to be a number nine either. That's the problem. It's sixty-five million pounds, and I don't know what he's there to do, but he can fill in in good places. No, I mean he's versatile, but like obviously, I think we we all we all. Th- thought and probably still think that his role is the Xhaka left eight replacement. Xhaka's output no. maybe way exceeded anything that we expected last season, but I can't what he had, but it was probably double figures, goals and assists. Havertz is not, if he carries on in the trend that he's going on, getting anywhere close to that. All right. Uh, I want to bring the stat up now. Granite Xhaka this year, most passes in the final third of any any player in any of the big five leagues this season, 85 passes. 
And I, 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 I think the thing that frustrates me still when I watch Havertz play as well is that he does feel, feel like the game's passing him by. There are flashes of it where you see, like, he wins a lot of headers, no doubt about that. I think that's probably his strongest thing. He wins a lot of aerial duels. Um, he also uh, does perform some quite good link-up play on occasion. But like, like I say, moving the ball forward and taking it with his feet, he just feels like he's casual. Like he doesn't feel like he's like he wants it. There's drive. There's, like when Martin, I've said it before. When Martinelli gets the ball, it's like it's like it's exciting every single time he gets the ball because he drives. He's determined. He, he's really uh, gifted at, with the ball at his feet. Um, and you know maybe one in five don't go the right way, but those flashes of brilliance are really really good. Whereas with Havertz, it's the opposite, and it's like you might get the odd that happens, but the rest of it is kind of losing the ball, getting tackled. It's just not it for me. I'm still the jury's still out for me. I think the jury will be out all season, mate. I don't think there'd be an answer. No, but it just like you say, 65 million, like 105 million for Declan Rice. None of us are asking that question because we've seen everything they can do. We know that he's not bought in to score goals, and he is still scoring goals. I, I suspect he's actually outperforming. Uh, then um, he's got one more goal in, already. One more goal in habits already, isn't he? Yeah, he's yeah he's got yeah yeah it's just one more goal, same amount of assists. But like I say, like we're not buying him for for that either, and he's doing that plus the rest of it. Yeah. Um, I mean, we, we, all right, so we talked about a few bits about this in this section anyway, so I do want to move on to it because it's a really good point. It says, "Are we good or are they bad?" Um, you know, pick your poison, Jace. Which one are you going to go for? They are awful. <laughs> they are awful. They're going to be the worst team I think in Premier League history. Uh, one point after 10 games, so they're on course to get three to four points. Maybe they'll I think Dar- Derby was the worst, right? Two. Ever, I think. Yeah, it was like it was like nine or eight points. Or what was it? I'll look at it. I'll look it up. Um, but it, I mean, they're, they're just really not good. I mean, they had they had two shots, um, one was from just outside the box, and the other was from the center circle. Um, so, I mean, you know, they didn't cause any threat whatsoever. Um, yeah, they were just, they were awful. Derby County, 38 games, 11 points. Worst team to ever play the Premier League. Currently, on current form, Sheffield United are on course to be worse than Derby County. Did Derby County not win a game that season either? You asked me just as I deleted the time. <laughs> I just don't remember from my own. Here we go. Here we go. Um, they won one game, drew eight, yeah, lost game. twenty-nine. Okay. So this is um, where I think Sheffield United have got a period of games coming up where they've got Burnley, uh, Bournemouth, Luton. So that's that's the the, the games. They, they don't expect to come to the Emirates and get any points. Let Let's be clear. But like, I agree with mm. you. They were. Shocking. So they they are awful, and that you know they they pose no threat. They they're not they're not good in defence either. They're not good in midfield. Um. So I, I kind of I'm glad, as I mentioned in the beginning, it's what the doctor ordered. I'm I'm happy with the goals. I'm happy with the momentum it creates for us, but. It's a, it was a training game. Like it was, it wasn't a test. Um, 
And I think really the question is, can we be better? Consistently? I mean, I, don't, yeah, I, I think definitely we can be because I, I think I said to you, I don't think we've got out of second gear yet. I think there's still a lot of work and movement in this team. Like Saka and Martinelli both haven't hit the lofty heights of last season. There's still a lot of breath in there that they can get out. Um, we've still got players to come back. You know, we've we've had injuries already hit us this season. Jesus has now been, that's the second injury, right? For Jesus? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Party's been out. This is the second for Party as well, I think. Timber's obviously out for an extended period of time. We had Saka out for a few weeks. So I think once this everything gets clicking and even Havertz, like if that, you know, beds in a little bit more, there's a lot more stealing, I think, for us to go and move into for sure. So even if we weren't at our brilliant best, 5-0. I I think uh, we're missing, you know, I originally had my granite jacker stat to chuck in at this point because I think we're missing the passes in the final third. I think we missed that. I think if we can solve that problem, we will be better. I think we'll be better with Yuri and Timber back. Um, I think we'll be better with a fit Thomas Party to maybe not get the minutes he wants, but to bring him on at the right time. Then I think we have a really strong squad. I think, um, I still think we've already talked about needing an Ivan Tony for just a little bit more goal threat. Um, I think that we really should, I don't get the Reese Nelson contract extension, apart from maintaining his value, because I still feel we could do with a, a Saka backup. Um, Pedro Neto. Yeah, I think so. I think that's the obvious one, isn't it? He yep. plays the style of football that Mikel wants. So, yeah, are, are we... No, Sheffield United were bad. We can be better, but we now need to see it. And Newcastle is the perfect test of the next game. Perfect test of the next game. Um, intimidating atmosphere. Hard place to go. Um, been a bogey ground on and off for us. It's all, it's all what we always... We always feel it's a it's a tough game there, um, so I think that that will that will test our our grit. Yeah, I do. I agree with you that they were poor, and I wouldn't necessarily say that we were electric either. Like um, there were flashes in that game that obviously do come across as really really good, but I, I still look. You know, you harp on about how much you loved uh, and longed for the games of last season. I always look mm-hmm. back at like uh, Palace at the opening day of the season was one for me who just absolutely blew them away. Um, and there were loads of games like that across the season and even just flashes of games where, where we weren't at it, Villa, and we still grinded out a victory at the end of it. The thing I look at here, though, we, me and you went to the first game of the season against Nottingham Forest and I think we ended up winning 2-1. I think they came back into the game, game late on in the game and I think we... We're panicky, we're shaky uh, those last 10, 15 minutes because we were up against it. None of that today. But like you, no. you've said it already, you only you only beat what's put in front of you. And yeah. uh, we could have walked into this game not as uh, as good as we, we have been, right? And and we could have easily only ground out a 1-0 shaky victory here or a 2-1. You always say it, there's always one. Uh, there wasn't one in this game. We're not here talking about David Ray. I put it that way, Jace, for the first podcast in probably forever because um, i can't remember any mistakes today. well you didn't have anything to do um I, i'll tell you one thing i i, I did was there was a ball to martinelli 
that was crazy. Crazy good. Um, way out to the left wing, Martinelli just chased it down. And that's the kind of one that we've seen in previous years, Alisson Edison get pissed for when they've put uh, Sergio Aguero through on goal or um, yeah. uh, Salah through on goal. You know what I mean? So if he can pick those out against opposition that play pretty poorly at the back, like Sheffield United, that, that'll come as well. So that, that's, you know, that's good. I, I, we don't need to add anything to Raya. We've talked about him enough, I think. And um, he makes a cock up. We don't need to talk about him again. <laughs> He'll be back again, I'm sure. Um I'm going to bring up the park a lot then, Jace. I was going to be... Uh, so you, you talked a little bit about looking at the top four of the league right now, maybe being the top four at the end of the season. I think it will be, actually. I mean, do you think Aston Villa will be consistent? Aston Villa had a really good, consistent last half of last season under Emery. I think points total was really impressive and and, and they've, they're, they're doing really good at the moment. Um. And they made some really astute signings and tied Ollie Watkins down. So I can see them being a trouble threat if they continue the way they have. And and based on the the way that they performed in the second half of last season, that implies that they're actually going to be that 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 wasn't a, a, a you know good half a season. Then back to it wasn't uh, a mediocrity. Yeah, it wasn't a fluke. It was uh you know Emery's doing something with them. But apart from that, like I look at. I look at it and go, I think this top four is the top four. I also look at the relegation zone and think the same as well. Actually, I was looking at the relegation zone as well with like Burnley, Luton and Sheffield United. And I was like, well, those three came up first. This is going to be in the first years and all, all those three going straight back down. Um, but yeah, top four wise, I think um, it's tight. It's competitive. I worry about us from the slight weakness of volume of goals. Still, I don't know why. It's something. It's just uh, we already talked about it like, a little bit. Lacking a spare winner, winger, need, a, need another striker, and I just feel no one can drop points already. Yeah. Ten games in, you cannot drop afford to drop points at all. I just feel it's that tight already, and it. I'm starting to feel that pressure a little bit. Um, I want to know how you were feeling about it. Yeah, I mean, I I agree with you. It's at this point where it's like, it's, to think that if you do drop points now, you're not out of it, right? There's such a long way to go mm. that there's always going to be an opportunity for you to claw it back. And I do look at the fixtures for November in particular um, and have a look across those some of those teams and think, you know, Spurs are going to be playing Chelsea. Chelsea are playing Man City. Man City versus Liverpool. Spurs versus Villa. Um, Manchester United versus Newcastle, Chelsea, Brighton, Man City, Spurs are all like across November and the first week of December. This is a big five-week period for those opposition teams, whereas we've got relatively easy going. Uh, we're playing Wolves. We're playing. Uh, I know Newcastle's the next one, but put that one to the yeah. side. We got Burnley. You know, I think that there's. We'll know we more about this. We have, but, but I mean, Spurs have. The Spurs got very, very lucky. You know, they got lucky against Liverpool. They probably put, I, I'd say, Man United, but looking at the way Man United are going at the moment, absolute trash club. There's no point in even commenting that they're going to be anywhere near the top. Um, so I think we'll know a lot more about the the kind of league positions come Christmas time and come maybe the start of December and see where the lay of the land is there. But I can't see, I can see maybe Brighton 
coming up a little bit more. I think that maybe Europe is harming both Villa, Brighton, Newcastle. They those clubs are just not used to it. Um, and the the amount of games and the squad depth, all that kind of stuff that comes with it. I think we've learned from those mistakes. Yeah. I was just looking at the fixtures. In reality, I think looking at them, I bar the Newcastle game away at St. James's Park, I want 15 points out of, out of five games. Newcastle away, Burnley at home, Brentford away, Wolves at home, Luton away, Villa away. That's the next five games. And these are the teams we should be beating if yep. we're going to win the league. So that should be 15 points. So what are we on now? We're on 24. So we should be on 39 points by 9th of November. No excuses. Will we be? December. Right for December. December. Yeah. <laughs> December. Yeah, will we be? Yeah. I don't know. Like I said, I think that there's there's a lot of so much that could go into this that could go wrong that can go wrong injuries uh refereeing we've seen some of the even the var from this weekend just even the one um was there a var decision for the the penalty in fabio vieira and i even have this one originally i was looking at it kind of going some of these are kind of on that line mm-hmm. where you could see them go either way as a fan of arsenal you're like well it's a stonewall penalty of course it is yeah but then, you know, yeah, yeah. if you if the shoe was on the other foot, you'd be questioning, oh, is his leg there? Has he dragged it? Yeah. So, you know, even that could come into play. I, I'm with you. 15 points is kind of the ambition, the goal. I can see us maybe drawing one and taking uh, 13. Newcastle away for me is probably a, a game that I'd quite happily just not lose. I, I don't... I, I think we have to win it. We have to keep winning until Spurs lose the game. Or at least draw yeah. one, another one. Yeah, yeah, agree. Because we we need to get that balance back. I think that's the pressure point. Don't be Do you think um, trying to chase someone? It, well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's this is the problem. Everyone, you look across the board, even this weekend: City one, Liverpool one, Spurs one, Arsenal one. Mm. It's yeah. gonna, and it, it seems to be a habit at the moment. That that's that seems to just keep cropping up, and it's only when they start playing each other that that merry-go-round is going to change a little bit. You know, we took points off City and now we've leapfrogged them a little bit. We're a little bit ahead of them. Spurs are going to be playing them and Spurs always have a really good day against Man City. You just got to hope it goes the other way. Even Chelsea are known to take points in the London derby. They're playing Spurs. Man, I mean, Man City played Man United today. You were hoping that Man United could turn up and they didn't, um, which is disappointing. But there's opportunity ahead of us for other teams to start taking points off each other. Yeah. Yeah, we've got our good. We've played a lot of hard games. We've got our good stretch. It's going to be a mixed up November. We'll see what points come out of it for everyone else. Do you think um, West Ham coming up on Wednesday? I think it is. Uh, yep. Do, do you think the lineup stays as it was today? Nope. Uh, Kivior stays in. Um, Zinchenko stays in. Tommy Yasu definitely plays. Ben White will be rested. Ramsdale will be in. Havertz will play. Emil Smith Rowe will play. Trossard will play. Havertz might play up front. You can see that. Fabio may come in. El Nemi and Jorginho, one of them is going to play. Rice is going to play, surely. 
Oh, absolutely. It's yeah. worse Ross, down. 100%. No, he's going to be on the bench. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, Reese Nelson probably has to play. you got to rest Saka, surely. So, um, so you reckon like it's almost a full rotation then, basically? I think so. Unless, and this is this is uh, a competition uh, you if, can if, afford if to it, kind of go out in, right? As well, it's like it, does it matter? Yeah. If it's not, then that shows how serious Mikel is about winning that competition. I, I mean, I think I said to you before that Man City are now out. We're now the favourites, so he might look at that as prime time opportunity to get some silverware in the cabinet. Yeah, maybe, maybe give him a taste. But yeah, uh, that's that's what I'm thinking. How about you? Any anything different? Or no, I'm kind of no. I'm with you. I think I think Havertz in for Eddie could be a good shout. I think Trossard in for Martinelli another good shout. I do think he's only just come back. He might just want the minutes. He seems to want to just want to play. Um, I, I think Rice will start because I just think it's going back to your start old. Start in the ground. Premier League against West Ham. You don't need to. I know. I just kind of feel like it's like a fairy tale, isn't it? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, nah. We'll see. But yeah, I think, like I said, a heavily rotated side. There's no need for us to go all guns blazing into this one. Uh, I watched half of the West Ham game today, and David Moyes plays such sideways, boring football. There's some play- like I look at how they got Paqueta and um, is it Kudus, the one that we were in for originally, and you're like Jesus Christ, like the kind of things those two players could be doing elsewhere in the league for teams that play much more forward-thinking, modern football. Um, like Everton versus West Ham today, we've got Deitch versus Moyes. It's not a, a prime-time advertisement for the Premier League by any stretch of the imagination. West Ham had to spend that £105 million somehow. I know. I know, it's just so. disappointing. That, yeah, I really would have liked to see... I mean, wasn't Paqueta supposed to go to Man City in the summer? There was talk of that and it never materialised, I think. Maybe they should have spent all their money on like a new manager. <laughs> someone, someone absurd yeah. will give them a load of money. Yeah, true. But yeah. All right. Well, uh, ooh, uh, two nil Arsenal. Nice. Go on, Jace. Just tell me the score and get out of the way. Three or three one. <laughs> awesome. All right. Three one to Arsenal. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, that does us for another um, episode of Rip Rumors Podcast. Uh, Jace, if they're watching on YouTube, what would we like them to do? Uh, please leave a thumbs up. Please leave a lovely comment and review if you desire to. And if you're listening on uh, your podcast provider of choice, please do leave us that five-star review. Helps us go a long way in making sure that we share our content across all of our platforms. So far, all five stars. So happy about that. So please don't do anything less. Uh, we will hopefully see you in the week for when Arsenal are into the next round of the League Cup. Have a good evening, everybody. Cheers, guys. Have a good week. Come on!